Hey, everybody. This is Ben from Back to the Futurama. Uh, we were originally going to have Max on as our guest today to talk about the why of Fry. But unfortunately, here in Portland, we've had some kind of strange weather. Uh, Mike ended up getting snowed in and wasn't able to make it into the studio. So we decided to still have Max on, and we just kind of chat about Futurama for a bit. Uh, so I, I hope that's okay with everybody. It was better than not having an episode this week. I hope you enjoy the interview with our podcast buddy, Max, here. And uh, stay tuned for the end of the episode, where we're going to have some details on the March Ocean Madness Futurama character bracket, which we're really excited about. Without any further ado, uh, here's our interview with Max. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben, and today we've got, uh, rather than our normal uh, thing, uh, Mike unfortunately kind of got snowed in with some uh, unfortunate, unexpected weather, so we actually have a guest today. Uh, We've got Max on. Oh, hello, it's me. (laughs) Uh, actually, I uh, my name is Max. Uh, I am Mike's interpreter. I've got he's snowed in, so I'm watching him do the semaphore. <laughs> I've got my binoculars here. He's saying it's okay. I didn't want to be on this one anyway. <laughs> Just not a not a fan of his own podcast. I see. Well, that's how it. I mean, it kind of you know, like it kind of goes like that sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you can't have dessert for every meal, you know? After that third cheesecake, it's like, ooh, yucky. And I mean, you know, after as much as uh, his wife grilled him on the Jurassic Park episode, <laughs> I wouldn't want to come back either. <laughs> That's kind of a gratuitous episode of television. I know you've probably heard a, a whole gamut of opinions on, on Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's nothing quite like doing a podcast in which... Uh, Literally everybody tells you how much <laughs> that, how much an episode of your podcast talking about a sad episode of TV oh. made them cry. Oh my man, I, uh, I, I think I'm gonna get there eventually. The, I, I don't know uh, if I should. I don't know how much self promo I should do. I do a, a, a number of podcasts. We should oh, say s- self promotion away, man. I, man, like I, I do a number of podcasts. Um and. Some of them have to do some of them have to do with anime and I don't know if you're familiar with the medium they get a little emotional the animes Um yes I um I mean I I haven't watched anime in in a while mm. but in college I was part of our college's anime mm. club oh. it was literally we would just show up and watch some anime oh. Um are you familiar with the anime She the Ultimate Weapon <laughs> No, I am not familiar with the anime She the Ultimate Weapon. Uh Oh man, that name is really taking it to the bank though, isn't it? Like that's If you're going to go all the way, go all the way. She the Ultimate Weapon. I mean, I feel like that's what anime does. Mm. It it goes all the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Um She the Ultimate Weapon uh had an entire room of college kids just sobbing mm. their eyes out. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most 
sad things I've ever seen. So I know a thing or two about how sad uh, anime can get. Often while I'm doing research for my own podcasts, I'll um, I'll have to ask, I'll say to my wife, would you like me to put the headphones in? Because there's going to be a lot of screaming in this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right. You see the one I do the sh- I do some shows about the ones that are the ones where um people kind of yell a lot and then like punch each other a little bit and it's usually crying about you're my friend or you're not my friend or whatever. But when you when you think about it like it's kind of like the Greek tragedy of the modern day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um let, yeah, let's go with that. But you guys usually, I, I understand you guys talk about The Simpsons on this show? Um, yeah, you know, that's that's definitely mm. our jam. Future uh, Simpsons. It, yes. It's, uh, we talk about The Simpsons if The Simpsons was in the year 3000. Mm. 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 It, it's a weird hypothetical thing that we definitely invented. So this is so this is more like an audio drama, really, than a yeah, okay. exactly. It's it's an audio uh, fan fiction of <laughs> Simpsons in the future. <laughs> Copyright Back to the Futurama. Did you know? Speaking of what I just learned this, and you guys may have spoken about this because it was going on last year. It happened in like September of last year. I just learned that um, the people at Nerdist did a Futurama radio drama. Yes, um, we have actually gotten a few requests to discuss it, and um, we we haven't actually done that yet. Um, I honestly, I still haven't actually listened to it. To be yeah. honest, I've been very busy. But, oh, you know how uh, it is. We've we've we got like a million podcast hours to catch up on. It's true. Um, my list of podcasts grows exponentially day by day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we we usually talk about um, uh, we claim to talk about Futurama. Yeah, I will uh, note it has been six and one half uh, <laughs> human Earth minutes since the podcast began. Uh, so yeah, uh, why don't you uh, tell us about sort of your feelings on Futurama? Like, when was mm. the first time mm. you uh, you started watching? Like, was it original run, Adult Swim, kind of? Uh, on Netflix. So check it out. I remember being a child in elementary school and telling someone about Futurama and them saying, that show's dumb. And then I felt uh, bad. That, so that's rough. So I'm guessing it must have been original run because I was born in the in the year 1990. And I've just read on the internet um that Futurama began in 1999, and that would have been around the right age for that yep. that would have been me i would have been nine so I, elementary school sounds right for that i don't know what i don't know what how old kids get in school anymore <laughs> uh yeah no that that sounds about right um i i can't imagine that a tv show about a lot of nerdy mathematical jokes probably gets a lot of traction with other kids about that oh, age. I, I wouldn't imagine either, but I, I have distinct memories of the episode where Bender becomes a pharaoh. Uh, yes, I, that's I wa- a good one. I watched that like around the time I was just discovering that there were like cartoons for grown folks, like The Simpsons and what all. Not like not like grown folks, grown folks cartoons. You know what I mean? I, like The Simpsons and Futurama and stuff like that. Yeah, and. I remember thinking that was like hilarious and it was also very, very 
scintillating to me, a nine-year-old, that they were saying like ass and boobs and things like that. <laughs> uh, it, I think it does sort of, uh, when you find that time in your life where mm. you're like, oh, wow, cartoons aren't just like weird Bugs Bunny things I, dude, or I was like literally Dora the Bugs Explorer. Um, like it's, it is a sort of a weird thing when you're like, oh man, that, that cartoon robot just said ass. Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> this might have been like kind of an awakening point for me because I remember when I was a kid that I was really into cartoons. Um, and then I crossed kind of a barrier uh, in, in like middle school where I was just like, no, only cartoons. That's it. Man, I definitely had that uh, for a long time. Oh, with with the one exception of, um, well, okay, let me back up. Because it was most of my TV that I watched when I was in high school was centered around The Simpsons, Mm -hmm. but I would watch whatever was immediately before The Simpsons and what was immediately after, which is how I ended up watching a lot of the Drew Carey show, a lot of Seinfeld, um, like, but it was, it was solely because it was like Fox would do The Simpsons. The Drew Carey Show, The Simpsons, Seinfeld. And so that was my night every night. Dude, somehow we had the exact same media diet growing up, <laughs> apparently. Um, Futurama specifically was, I was really into it because I just liked, I don't know, I've always preferred like sci-fi fantasy, the kind of like more imaginative stuff. Not that like regular fiction can't be imaginative or, or historical fiction can't be imaginative, but like... You know what I mean? Like Futurama, I liked more than The Simpsons, and it had more to do with just the quality of the jokes, which I I do maintain that there is a little while there where Futurama was definitely hitting a higher quality rate than The Simpsons. And it's not really controversial to say that The Simpsons right now is not that funny, but... Oh, yeah. 100%. Although you will find the occasional person who's like, oh, no, it's just as good as it ever was. And I was like, get out. (laughs) Just get out. (laughs) But no, I, I think I would I would agree. I mean, uh, Futurama seasons three and four, uh, which is what we're talking about, um, mm. you know, right now in, oh, yeah. in the podcast, uh, w- pretty much every week when we go through uh, our grades for the episode, it's like A's and B's pretty much across the board. It is just the perfect uh, section of Futurama right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the um, episode listing for three and four, and I'm seeing... Um, Oh, geez. Bendless love. Insane in the mainframe. God. <laughs> so speaking of episodes, do you have any, do you have a specific episode that you just love more than every other episode? That's really hard to say. Um, I remember the episode where Fry gets worms really clearly. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic one. The Spanish Fry and the Devil's Hands are idle play things. A good one-two punch right there. And also 300 Big Boys. That's another really good one. 300 Big Boys for a very long time, I said, was was probably my favorite episode. Um, and I've, I've sort of changed my opinion on that mm. uh, as I've gotten older. I like... I, I'm a weirdo who likes when Futurama gets really sad, but uh, <laughs> because it does it so well. It, it does, was the it only does. cartoon doing it at the time. Um, but... Yeah, for a long time, 300 Big Boys uh, was absolutely my favorite. I actually have a t-shirt that has Fry all jacked up on caffeine, and it, it's <laughs> like the Starbucks logo, but it says 100 cups of coffee. 
Uh, it is great. I love it. And that's just such a funny gag at the very end when he finally has his hundredth cup and he becomes like Zen master moving through the universe at a million times speed. Like that's a good gag on top it of is, a whole good episode. It's also just a great goal for life that I try to achieve every day. <laughs> Futurama is such an interesting case for a TV show because like, so the, it started in 1999 Mm-hmm. And it was very 1999, very early 2000s. Um, in fact, I was going to make a gag about how my early 2000s bingo card, my early 2000s adult cartoon bingo card was getting pretty full by the end of the episode I watched. <laughs> um, and then it got revived like literally a decade later and had to be mm-hmm. relevant and had to be funny still in suddenly the early t- 2010s like 2010, 2011. And that's just so fascinating to me um, that they were able to like change and update the show to meet that, to like meet that cultural point without it being totally stupid. I do think, I do think that's really interesting. And it's, it's something that we're definitely going to get into when we hit those seasons. Um, But it was there. there, I, I felt like it did not, land as well as it could have mm. when it came back um, yeah i understand and, what you mean and i and i agree really yeah and uh you know it, it's a really weird thing because i know people who are like oh no it's it's so good and i know people who are like futurama's dead to me and i fall somewhere in the middle of that but um sure it's not like the dang um gas leak year on community you know it's not like it didn't get right. that bad it definitely, I feel like the earlier episodes have not like more deft, but definitely more like harsher social commentary, like not necessarily more clever, but like the, the later episodes feel like kind of taken, taken on some stuff that's not particularly challenging. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it, or at least I think in a way that's not be, that challenging. I think it really tried to be almost too topical i mean they're yeah, they're yeah. making freaking susan boyle That's, references i was gonna say susan boyle dude <laughs> same hat uh, right and i mean like that that was a, almost a dated reference when they made yeah, it oh yeah oh and, absolutely and i'm like who who thought this was a good idea because you want your tv to be relevant but also kind of timeless yes. i mean Especially, you know, this was post TV on DVD. Yeah. So people and are going to rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch exactly. it. Exactly. This, this season also had, uh, season seven had the episode where Richard Nixon is running against a guy and his main campaign strategy is to challenge his Earth certificate and the validity thereof. Yeah. Like, come like, on. This is so, it's, it's like too close to reality. Yeah, no, they. I think they do did uh, definitely try too hard to be modern and and um, relevant, and it's like it's like SNL yeah, but, at that point, you know. And I I did have the realization because I was like, oh man, they're just trying way too hard. But <laughs> the original run did actually have an episode that was all about um, Napster. Yes, back I when remember that was this. a thing. <laughs> Kid Napster, and so you know, it it, it definitely dipped its toe in before that but 
I just I don't think it was quite the same as when it came back and it was just constantly just like you know they had an iPhone episode they had a Susan it was the same one as the Susan Boyle episode actually Uh, they had you know the earth certificate one they had you know is they had a a Da Vinci Code one Um, man you know just on and on and on and then strangely one about the Titanic again like they've already you already did mined that, once, that guys yeah they've already mined the titanic well once that's so interesting i wonder what was different you know what i mean like other than the fact that time had passed i, would, I just wonder like who on the writing team was at like a totally different place in their life that influenced it this much you know yeah no it's it, it was a weird one um i kind of wonder how much control and i, I i've only just now started thinking about this I have in the past kind of wondered how much control Matt Groening retains over the Simpsons. And I'm wondering how much, whether this became like a George Lucas kind of thing where like he inspired some really amazing stories for four through six. And then everybody kind of agreed that when George Lucas got to do whatever he wanted in one through three, it it kind of turned out a little badly. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I'm kind of wondering if Groening didn't turn into like the George Lucas of a primetime <laughs> uh animated comedy i can see some parallels be- between the two i mean you know you get For one there's the beard <laughs> th- yeah i was gonna say they look they look pretty similar I, i've never days. seen the two of them in the same room together at the same time so what's that tell you right you can't prove that they're not the same person <laughs> i can't prove that they're not the same person <laughs> correct <laughs> look i don't I don't even want to go down that well because who knows what conspiracy I'm uncovering. I don't want to to put myself or my loved ones in danger. You know, I'm just going to let that one, just well, going to let that well, one lie. Well, it's okay. We can let that one lie. And I think that the last thing we really need to say on it is that I, we're all in agreement. Bender should be in Star Wars 9. Yes. I didn't know that was a thing that I wanted until this very moment. Well, you know, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> also, uh Mike says hello. He's Oh, he's, good. He's good. How's he doing over there? Um I think he's got food. It looks like he's got food. He okay, should be it's right. important it's important to feed him, you know, you you got to make sure feed him, Twice water him. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So it's all I, it's, it's all that. I I I uh I rat sitted for my friends once so you know yeah it's basically the same thing make sure he's running around in that big wheel he has Mm. um (laughs) you know that's really the only way to get off the grid (laughs) it's true just run in a big hamster wheel power everything you Mm. own Mm -hmm. yeah don't tell the government Um, it's illegal so uh speaking of bender um we do have sort of an ongoing uh, debate on this podcast whether uh whether you are hashtag team bender or hashtag team zoidberg mm, mm, mm. uh this is an interesting binary um <laughs> <laughs> well so the the background on that is just that um they're sort of our uh each of our favorite of the main characters mm-hmm. um i am of course, Team Bender and Mike is fervently Team Zoidberg. Your favorite of the main character cast. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically you could say like, "Oh, well, I'm Team Leela," but I don't, I don't know that anyone's Team Leela. It's really 
Bender or Zoidberg. The thing about Leela is that she would be very cool if it were not for the unfortunate toxic masculinity tropes that kind of denied her any agency in the majority of the episodes of Futurama. Oh, it is it is true it's just very Um, 90s like i i say this but i i love the show and it's okay to love things that have problems i think Um, oh absolutely it's just that that's kind of like the one i did watch an episode of futurama for this podcast and it was like oh right yeah originally we were actually going to have you on for um the why of fry uh which is our next episode that was scheduled um before Mike got snowed in and is signaling with flags that he probably wants more food, even though he Mm. already ate twice today. So he can just wait until breakfast, but it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, no, it it does really, uh, she does suffer from that uh, quite a lot. Um, It's sort of a a thing that I keep coming back to about Futurama. It's a product Um, of the time for sure. Yeah, and and people who uh, have been listening to this podcast for a while have heard me go on about it at length. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but um, you know the the biggest problem that I have with Futurama uh, to date is that it, they're like, oh, we live in the future and it's this cool uh, equal society. Until all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we want to make fun of Leela for being a woman, or we want to make fun of the professor for being old, and you know, then it's just hammering in these weird tropes from start to finish and it's sort of the thing they did and it's yeah it was you know late 90s early 2000s it's kind of what they did and it it did it doesn't make it not a problem but like you know you have to look at it through what it was for sure like it in the day there weren't that many people like speaking up about this kind of thing so it was for the most part flying under the radar yeah, exactly. Um, to, to get back to the question that I totally derailed from answering, <laughs> I think, man, that's really hard, honestly. Like, some of my, consistently my favorite jokes come from Hermes, actually. Oh, yeah, no, Hermes is a uh, strong contender for my, like, secondary character, although I always say that I'm Team Calculon for that, but... Oh, Calculon's great at that. Um, but, oh, and Hedonism Bot? Oh, Lord, Hedonism Bot is very funny sometimes. <laughs> There's a moment in a season seven episode later on, um, and it's the one where it's like, what if everybody switched genders? <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh, there's no, that's going to be a tough one when we get to that. <laughs> challenging material. There's one where um, Hermes and, and um, gosh, I've forgotten the name of the woman he is married to. La Barbara. La Barbara. Hermes and La Barbara are having a fight, and he says, damn it, woman, you're making me highly Selassie. And then she calls him a big, fat, hairy Belafonte. And I just love that series of jokes. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, Hermes has some really good lines. Um, All his just... puns about the fact that he is from the Caribbean, is re- they're just really, they land well with me. <laughs> like how yeah, he, he I think... talks about his jerk prunes and says that they call them Caribbean Drano. <laughs> uh-huh. Um yeah, I, I think probably my favorite Hermes moment is uh, because I'm a big fan of sort of the bait and switch style of humor mm-hmm. where he's like, I'm going to go home and celebrate the traditional Jamaican way with a warm glass of milk and a good night's sleep. <laughs> uh, is he the one who Bender commands to do a flip before he jumps off the Planet Express building? Yes, yes. Uh Hermes is uh, freaking out and 
considering jumping off of the building because he might be demoted. Mm. Oh, man, is that from the the whole bureaucrat episode? Because that one's very good. Yeah, that is... Uh, I think that was the first A plus that I gave to an episode on this podcast. Actually, uh, I, it's it's hands down one of my favorite episodes. I love all the ones where there's songs usually, which is kind of weird for me because I usually, if there's a musical episode in a TV show, I'm like, no, thank you. But that one and uh, the song that the devil sings. Oh yes, I forget the context of this of this event. That is in, I think it's actually a season one episode, I wow. want to say, um, where Bender uh, joins Robotology and yes. then uh, ends up, he tries to get out, so he gets sent to hell, and then the robot devil sings a whole song about ironic punishments uh, featuring the Beastie Boys, because it was, <laughs> again, the 90s. That's like that's like a a, a timely reference. It's so wild to me. Usually, like, today we would reference the Beastie Boys to say, like, that's old, that's bad. Even though the Beastie Boys went pretty hard. I mean, the Beastie Boys are timeless, as we we learned in the 2009 reboot of Star Trek. He's jamming on down the road to the Beastie Boys. I mean, no sleep till Brooklyn. You know, that's all I have to say about that. I'm just looking at the episode <laughs> titles right here. <laughs> and I like a big piece of garbage. Uh and war is the H word. They do have some pretty clever titles, I want to say. My goodness, I'm looking at the writing credits and I'm seeing some names in here. Uh did you know that Bill Odenkirk wrote an episode of Futurama? I did, yes. Several episodes. Oh my god. This is crazy. Um, the the one that a lot of people don't realize is that Al Gore's daughter actually wrote for Futurama. No, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, that's why he he shows up in a couple of episodes. Um, that's hilarious to me. Yeah, it is uh, pretty phenomenal, actually. Um, and one of my favorite factoids about that is uh, that. Uh, uh, Tipper Gore went on this whole anti Dungeons and Dragons thing oh way God. back in the day, and then, so that was that was the Al's wife, that, Tipper. Yes. Okay. So his daughter, uh, you know, wrote for this show, and so that's how uh, Al Gore ended up in an episode with Gary Gygax, creator of Dungeons and Dragons, and it's like this weird overlap of like uh, uh, cognitive dissonance. Mm, where, mm. you know, it's like his his wife went on this whole like Dungeons and Dragons as demonic and satanic and corrupting kids. And then through the magic of Futurama and the fact that um, oh, I, I forget what his daughter's name is now and it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, but through the fact that she wrote for the show, like they were on the the same episode of of tv and uh it's one of my favorite weird futurama facts that may well be my 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 young self's first exposure to the idea of dungeons and dragons was watching it on futurama it does predate me playing dungeons and dragons so i definitely remember after buying my first set of dice going around and being like it's a and then rolling the dice and being like pleasure to meet you oh my god 
Um, <laughs> Kristen Gore, my, by the way. Kristen Gore yes, is Alvar's yes, daughter. Yes, thank you. Yeah, my my uh, dungeon master got a little sick of me doing that, but it was worth it every time. <laughs> Man, I have not really sat down and thought about like what a wide span of my life Futurama encompassed. If you started watching it when you were, you know, in in third grade, like that is and I, a, a I, huge chunk of one's life. I graduated college in 2013, so that was like most of my my formal education was during the run of Futurama. And what a run Oof, that is. Yikes. <laughs> You'd think a show that ran for 14 years would have more than 7 seasons, of which one is just 3 movies. Four movies. Four movies, sorry. Yes. I may not oh, have seen good. one of them. God, which um, one is... Let's, so they, they had uh, Bender's Big Score, uh, The Beast with a Billion Backs, oh, I remember Bender's that Game, clearly. and Into the Wild Green Yonder. Mm. Um, is Wild and, Green yeah, Yonder the one that ends with kind of a universe reset? Um, the it, it sort of just... Yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, it's more complicated than that, but yes, uh, it's, it's a weird one. Um, I mean, I honestly, and, and this is something that we're going to get into when we actually hit the, the movies um, coming up, but like the movies were kind of weird, honestly, mm. like I, I feel like it really showcased that Futurama was meant for a 30 minute time slot and then beyond that like it just gets kind of weird and out there um you know more so than an average episode of Futurama but uh that's and it, it it was part of the whole reboot thing and it's it's sort of like you know you're coming off of like we like we mentioned seasons three and four that are just like uh brilliant um and then you have these kind of awkward reboot movies um yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. It's kind of a whole thing. Yeah. Really. Well, do you think that there is anything on television right now that's sort of carrying that Futurama torch? Is there anything you watch on TV now that, that gives you that that Futurama feeling? That is a very good question actually. I know I, I just think... accidentally asked like a really deep question. I'm sorry. Oh no, you you did and it's fine. Um it is a tough question simply because Futurama came into existence in sort of this era where, uh, you know, like, like you said, um, there were definitely cartoons that were sort of, uh, you know, aimed at a, a wider audience than just kids. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, you get Family Guy, which sort of just amped up sort of what you can get away with in a cartoon. And then from there, it just kind of kept building onto itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now you've got, um, you know, like Rick and Morty, uh, has a lot of the same science fiction. Uh, you know, they, they play with the same science fiction tropes. Um, but it, it's definitely a different feel than Futurama. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I like Rick and Morty well enough, but uh, I don't know that it, it scratches that same Futurama itch. Um, it's and... a pretty unique, like for all of for all of what we're saying of how it's we're like comparing it to other shows. It really is pretty unique Futurama. Like it doesn't 
it, it has that kind of sitcom format. Um, what's funny is I was watching this episode um, with my wife and she was like, this is like, this has the rhythm of like an episode of SpongeBob almost. Okay. That's, that's interesting because I, I've maybe seen three episodes of SpongeBob. Okay. So that's another one that is like weirdly spans a huge gap and like, especially in like is kind of aware of it with its audience. Like when it started in the, like the mid 1990s and it's like, I think it's still running. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely had, uh, some popularity. I think it was, uh, Nickelodeon's most mm. popular cartoon oh, for, for sure. a while. And it has that, like, um, it has that kind of, uh, non sequitur style that, I noticed a lot in the Why of Fry. There's a lot of sort of they they don't mind breaking continuity a little bit to tell a gag, especially if it's a if it's um one that is like a specific amount of easy, not like a not like a cheap shot, but one that's like oh yeah that was there. Let's go ahead and pick that low hanging fruit. But I never felt like I was being pandered while I was you know what I mean. I think you're right because um. You know, but so before Futurama, you had the the Simpsons, where I think they they were really into this idea where it's like, oh, we don't have to worry about continuity uh, for the most part. You have a couple of big events like, uh, you know, a Pooh gets married, or um, you know, later on when Maud dies, um, you know. But for the most part, they kind of just enjoy the fact where it's like. You know, Bart's been in fourth grade since 1989, <laughs> um, and they are thrilled by just not having any sort of longstanding continuity. And Futurama definitely has a lot of continuity, but then, yeah, you're right. They will break it just to be like, oh, hey, and here's a cool joke where, um, you know, we can tell we can tell this joke as long as we ignore the fact that a season ago we said this thing but then meanwhile you have an entire episode that have to do with the uh space wasps that killed the old planet express crew and <laughs> that's mentioned in like the first episode so you know it it really plays with that, Ooh, that uh, the quite sting? a bit yes god that that episode that messed me up oh yeah it, it's another sad one that's a um, hard hitting episode of television in like real ways, like you see, I don't want to, I don't want to jump on your feet because that's, that is to come, I believe still. Correct. But there's, I mean, it's just very serious, like takes a pretty serious look at what, I don't want to turn this into like a smart stuff podcast because I'm definitely not qualified, <laughs> but like into like grief and what it means to like, to deal with loss in the real world as a real human being. Absolutely. And I, I think that sort of goes back to your question of, you know, if there's anything else like Futurama out there for me, and I don't think that there is, because Futurama to this day is sort of the only uh, TV show, um, or at least the only the only one that I grew up with, um, that has that that plays with that like, oh yeah, we're we're really funny one minute, and then oh now we made you cry, and we love the fact that we made you cry, and we're gonna do it again. <laughs> Um, I'm luxuriating in your tears right now. Right. Uh, one thing that, that Mike and I have brought up, um, a couple of times before is that, um, 
you know, before Futurama, there was MASH, and MASH did that a lot, where mm, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you have that that um, uh, season uh, finale episode where, you know, he, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but like, they're he's leaving and his helicopter gets yeah. just shot down, and the amount of just hate that everybody had because it was like, no, this is supposed to be a funny show. We're supposed to be mm. laughing. And then... Well, the, war's not funny, y'all. Yeah, the creators are like, well, but it's about a war, and that's what war does, and that's the story we want to tell. And um, <laughs> I compare... there were a lot of people who were like, Get, keep your politics out of this. I don't want <laughs> politics in my TV. I don't want politics in my TV show about the Korean War. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I'm sure there were. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, and so, you know, you, you do get the occasional show like that, but I just can't think of any that are uh, really happening these days. Um, well, TV's different. We live in such a different landscape in the year 2018, you know? Like, there's... Nobody could have... Well, I guess somebody probably could have predicted it, but the, the streaming sensation and the you know the proliferation of youtube and twitch and all those other pl- things that the kids are apparently watching these days i can't imagine spending more than like 15 minutes watching a live stream of a video game but that's okay <laughs> that's fine oh no i i i feel that i stream on twitch but i don't actually ever watch anybody on twitch so if, whoever's watching me on twitch good for you, thank you but i i don't understand it but i'm glad you enjoy it <laughs> Happy to make something you like. <laughs> I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. So, <laughs> so uh, I, we are just about running out of time here. So, is there anything else you wanted to to say about uh, Futurama in general? Or, um, uh, uh, I mean, can I pitch you on an on an anime that I really like? Oh, absolutely, go for it. So, I do a podcast called Plus Ultra, and it's a episode by episode review of a series that came out in 2016 currently running called My Hero Academia. I don't know, are you familiar with this property at all? I have never heard of this property. Okay, it's a very 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 good television show. Um first of all, I'll say the animation is absolutely next level and if you haven't watched anime since college, you I think you may be surprised at how good the animation is because they're kind of reforming the industry and changing a lot of how they do things. Um okay. for the better. Um, there's, there's a lot of studios out there doing some of the most interesting animation work I think I've ever seen on television right now. That's, that's how you get me into anime because like one of the, uh, two, I think, uh, series that I actually own on DVD is Last Exile because I thought it was so very pretty and I will defend that anime until the day that I die. So the, this, the, the elevator pitch that I give people for My Hero Academia is that it is sort of similar to like take Harry Potter, but instead of a wizard school, it's a superhero school. Okay. And like being a, it's sort of like the X-Men in that like you're just born and you manifest superpowers, but it's not like only some people and they're persecuted. It's like 80% of the world. It's like normal to have superpowers. It's not like a big deal or anything. Okay. And like a, a job you can, you superhero is a career track that you get on in high school. And then after you graduate, you get a license from the government that allows you to stop crimes and stuff like that. 
Okay, uh, that sounds pretty good. It's really excellent. The show is about a little boy who is born in the 20% of people who do not get superpowers, and he makes it into the number one superhero school in the entire country. Okay. It's yeah, rad I, as hell. I think I would probably watch that. Um, I think you sold me on that. I, will, I think I will definitely give that a try. I think you should check it out. It is a fave. And of course, the other, sh- the other uh, podcast I do is Zenkai Boost, and that's about Dragon Ball Z Kai. And boy, Dragon Ball Z is just a fun, a fun journey for anyone <laughs> to take of any age. Uh, I, I have not watched uh, any Dragon Ball anything oh, in, in many, many years at so, this point. Can I spin you a very short yarn? Okay. The, the series came out in the 1980s, the late 80s, early 90s, was dubbed for America in the mid 90s, was then redubbed later with like less censorship, less of that mid 90s censorship in the like early 2000s. And then in the mid 2000s, they went back and recut and rewrote the entire show, redid all the voices and made it a lot shorter. And created a different series, basically, and it's called Dragon Ball Z Kai, and it's extremely good. Huh. Okay. I I did not know any of that. I've only ever seen uh, whatever they played on Toonami mm. back in the day. Yes. Back in back in the day. Now I feel old. Um. Yes. You can't be uh, much older than me, so I'm with you. I'm I'm in that pool with you. We jumped into the fountain of aging together. <laughs> absolutely yeah. see i listen to your podcast see? oh yep getting getting those references <laughs> um all right do you have uh any other um uh uh any other uh podcasts you want to plug any um personal stuff you want to plug well my uh, as we end the episode i would be remiss if i didn't mention the project that i do with my wife it's called insanely haunted and it's another tv review show and i don't know how familiar familiar you are with the Travel Channel reality program, Ghost Adventures. Uh, I, I don't watch it, but I am definitely aware it's of a it. Big, it's a show about three big dumb goofs who go looking for ghosts and end up making fools of themselves. And we just watch it and talk about how dumb it is. It's really great. It's called Insanely Haunted. All right. Um, <laughs> and that's all I got. <laughs> I've bared my soul. Fantastic. Well, thanks uh, thanks again for, for coming in and... Uh, guesting um oh, ben, like it's i said a pleasure. you'll have to you join know, us I'd... sometime oh yeah absolutely and uh you know we'll we'll hopefully have you back on for a, a real episode at some point because i know you watched uh the why of fry specifically <laughs> to be on do this have, week's episode do and... you have a page and a half of notes from the episode of television <laughs> oh, that i no. watched <laughs> oh no okay um yeah we will definitely have you back on at some point if uh, the stars for... align yes which they have and been... don't dump seven feet of snow on Mike's house. Yes, uh, which reminds me, make sure um, you know feed Mike and all of that. I know we've been we've been over this. I just but, but I worry ben, about him ben? sometimes. Ben, he's not. Oh, uh oh, oh god. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Should we should uh, we end we should we should end the podcast? Um... Yeah, I feel like that's probably uh for the best mm. um i really would prefer to not have uh oh shoot well that means uh mike's wife inherits the podcast so so you'll be back with your new co-host next time yeah stay stay tuned for our regular regularly scheduled 
episode, The Why of Fry, with me and Stacy, Mike's wife, uh, who is now my co-host. Um, yeah, we better wrap this up. I hear some police sirens in the background. So uh, thanks again, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to have you back on and maybe guesting on, on one of your uh, many podcasts it would at some be, point. It would be my pleasure to do either. All right. Uh, well, um, until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Max. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> and the podcast is not over. The podcast is not over. I almost forgot uh, our social media. Um, you can Please. find us on, right? Um, you can send us an email, uh, back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at, uh, at back to Futurama. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And as always, we're on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Um, and now for reals this time, until next time, I'm Ben. I'm Max. Goodbye from, from the, the world, world of, of tomorrow. tomorrow. I kind of joined you there. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Welcome, everybody, to the 2018 March Ocean Madness Playoffs to determine who will be the best Futurama character of all time. We've got the bracket. We've got the matchups. 64 different Futurama characters going at it, figuring out who is the best ever. You two can get in on the action by checking out our bracket. You can fill out your bracket, get points as the characters you chose, advance up to the next round, show off to your friends that you were the one who called the 2018 March Ocean Madness Bracket winner. Will it be Bender, Dr. Zoidberg, Warden Vogel, Mayor Poopenmeyer, Hattie McDougal, The Grand Midwife, Professor Farnsworth, Scruffy, Michelle, Free Waterfall Senior, Glurmo, Nibbler, Robot 1X, Ogden Wernstrom. It could be any of them. It could be somebody I haven't even mentioned. If you want to get in on this March Ocean Madness Bracket, check it out at challenge.com. I think that's how you say it. It's C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E dot com slash ocean madness. Be on the lookout for when we start sending out polls where you can vote on who your favorite Futurama character is. Make sure the ones you voted for make it to the next round. If you, for some weird reason, think that Linda deserves that top spot as best Futurama character of all time, show up and vote for Linda. I don't know why would you would do that, but it's something you can do. Voting will start in just a couple weeks, and we'll have more details on that as it happens. But until that happens, go check out the bracket at the website that I'm not sure I pronounced right, challenge.com slash ocean madness. Fill it out. Be cool. Be cooler than your friends. If you love the idea of March Madness, but you can't tell the difference between the round orange one and the egg-shaped brown one, or even one of the little black disc things that they slide across the ice and get into nets, this is the challenge for you. You don't need to know anything about sports. You just need to know about Futurama and which character is best. Fill out that bracket. Vote in a couple of weeks when voting starts to vote for your favorite Futurama character. Get in on this. This You are not going to want to miss this opportunity. It only comes once a year.